sound is? It's the sound of Malayagris Galapavo, the domesticated turkey. And that sound, do you know what that means? When deciphered, it means, don't eat me. Don't eat me. Now, don't hold me to that. But if you think about it, anytime we're near a turkey making a noise, it makes that same noise. So it only makes, <laughs> so it only, so it only makes sense that that's what it means. At least it means that to me. And listen, we got to lighten it up today. This is Thanksgiving week. I'm excited. Why am I excited? Because turkey's coming our way. It's Thanksgiving. It's the time we get together to celebrate and give thanks for everything we have in our life. For our health, our happiness. Those are the two most important things. Friends, family, everything else, who cares? The material stuff, we don't need it. You got to break it down, folks. Got to be thankful for what you have, not what you want. Anyway, so this week is when it all happens. We give thanks for all that's important in our lives, or at least that's what we intend to do. For some of us, that will be working hard, and still others will have the opportunity to spend the time with family and friends, and even some, well, they'll eat, then run out and shop till they drop. At the start of this past weekend, the malls were already jammed. It was crazy. I got stuck in parking lots, and the local liquor outlet store was mobbed. Couldn't even get out of there once you got in. This time of the year, I love this time of the year. It's special for me, first of all, because I like the weather being cooler, but second of all, I just really like the idea of all of us celebrating Thanksgiving because I like the concept of people taking the time out of their busy schedules and being thankful for what and who they have in their lives. I consider myself a pretty lucky guy. I have a family and love surrounding me. I have people who actually text and call me in my life and I reciprocate that to them. I have a small but nice place to live. We have a car. We have a source of income. Our health is somewhat stable. Our children are healthy. I have a handful of friends and family that I feel that I could pick up the phone at any time and they would be there for me no questions asked. I have two cats that purr every single time they see me, and I am awake enough to understand what really matters in life and in this world, and I thank God I am not absorbed with the material world. That is why I consider myself a pretty lucky guy. But, but, I gotta tell you something. There was a time when Thanksgiving almost killed me. I know, I know, it sounds crazy, but it's true. Absolutely true, you see. I almost experienced death by turkey. You see, it went like this. My mother, God rest her soul, used to make the world's best homemade bread. That's quite a label I'm putting on that, but I'm going to tell you something about this bread. It wasn't light. It wasn't a fluffy kind of bread. It was on the heavy side. And when it was hot and right out of the oven, its sweet and buttery aroma filled the entire house when we were young. And we just ran in there. We just wanted some bread. Put some butter on that bread. Eat it all up. And of course, back in the day, this was all homemade. There was no help from those beautiful KitchenAid-type uh, machines that, you know, with the hook on it and that kneads the dough. Beautiful. I wish, uh, wish we had one of those. But this was hard work all by hand, and she did it, and she made it, and we consumed it like it was the last bread that was ever going to be on the face of the earth. But the best use for that bread, in my humble opinion, was in the preparation of a turkey sandwich. You take the bread, you take the loaf, right? You get a nice sharp knife and you slice it down in the slices. Then you take two slices and you open the halves and you spread some mayo on each side. And you pile turkey up on one side. And you hit it up with cranberry sauce. Then you top that off with a big pile of stuffing. Then you shower it with salt and pepper. 
then you have yourself a significant, delicious, quality, gourmet, super delicious, fresh turkey sandwich with the world's best bread. Now, at the time of this particular incident, I was working out a lot. I mean, running every other day, maybe five or so miles, and the opposite days I'd be hitting my bike, knocking out around a 12-mile loop I had in a one-hour time period. And I laid that out through heavy traffic, up hills, and then back to the beginning to my apartment. And the only timer I utilized was the Black Album by Metallica, which was just a little bit over an hour. So working out like that, I could eat basically anything I wanted and get away with. But on this specific Thanksgiving day, well, something bad was about to happen. I ate the first sandwich. I made it at the table while we were sitting there eating dinner, just as the turkey was carved, creating just as I described earlier, taking my time, building, shifting, placing everything exactly where it should be, and then adding the salt and pepper at the end and putting the top on. And there it was. Sandwich number one. I followed that up with sandwich number two. Then I took a break. We sat and watched football. Everybody ate some pie, but I skipped the pie. And people thought there was something wrong that I skipped the pie, especially a pumpkin pie. But it was all part of my strategy I had. You see, why settle for okay when you can have perfection once again? And so I went in again for number three. Number three was constructed with love and care, and I consumed it in a matter of minutes. And people laughed, and they thought it was funny, and my stomach it felt kind of full, and I watched some more football. But suddenly, that urge hit me again, one more time. Again, the construction began, and the consumption followed soon afterwards. I was in a zone, a turkey-consuming machine like a monster of sorts, disciplined, and yet unbridled. There was something happening here. It was as if I was driven by some magical force urging me, beckoning me forward to go on, to not quit, as if it were a turkey mountain of some sorts that I needed to climb, to boldly go where I've never gone before, and it happened again, and then again, and then my father stopped and he looked at me and said, you just wait to see what happens to you after eating so much turkey. I laid on the floor, I listened to the old man, he didn't know what he was talking about. On my back I patted my stomach, feeling my big fat food baby. I was laughing, and suddenly I wasn't, and the pain, it started. Something was happening within me. This food baby was coming to life. I talked to myself, assuring that men don't give birth, not even to a mystical turkey sandwich baby. No, it was something more than that. It was evil, pure evil within me, stirring, rumbling, like Vesuvius eruption in the year 79 AD. This was serious. Would I survive? I turned and looked at my girlfriend, who is now my wife. She looked at me and held up her hands into the oh well position, you know the one. And suddenly, it happened. I leaped to my feet and I sprinted up the stairways toward the bathroom. I slid on my knees and grabbed onto the porcelain bowl just in the nick of time and all that perfection. Those beautifully crafted gourmet turkey sandwich creations left suddenly and without a goodbye. I lived that day. I lived to tell the story of that day I almost experienced death by turkey. And to this day, when I think about each Thanksgiving, I eat very small portions and give thanks for life. And for God sparing me that day so long ago. After all, it's about giving thanks and being thankful for all those things we are grateful for. Even life. Surviving death by turkey. So anyway. <laughs> uh, I've done some stupid things in my life. That is definitely up there in the top five. You know, I'm saying that many turkey sandwiches, but there's something in my head that says, dude, there was more than that, but I'm not even going to go there because that even makes it worse. But I certainly miss my mom. I certainly miss that bread. It was fantastic. But 
wherever you are, whoever you're with, have a great time. Don't overdo it. Not even with alcohol or with food. Because <laughs> as you can see, food can potentially kill you. <laughs> anyway, it's a great holiday. I love Thanksgiving. I can't think about Thanksgiving without talking to my buddy Bob. So we're going to head over to his house right now and talk to Bob. And I want him to tell a story about how he came up with an idea for a Thanksgiving dinner to be held at his church. And it's the 25-year anniversary of that dinner. Let's go talk to Bob. Come in, my friend. <laughs> What's up, brother? How you doing? How you doing? What's happening? Oh, everything, man. It's right about this point that I asked Bob to tell the story about how he started a Thanksgiving dinner for everyone. So, so I've always been a believer, uh, Christian. Um, so 25 years back, I lost my mother. I lost my father. Which you always know that time's coming when you reach a certain age. Nobody lives forever. But then I had a younger sibling, sister, and she passed. And that was basically the family I grew up with. And, uh, I, you know, questions roll through your mind. Like, you almost feel like you were left behind. And, and why? And, and it, it was hard and it was a dark time. And the day after my sister passed, it was September, and Norma and I had booked a, uh, was our, our wedding anniversary in September 29th. We booked a um, getaway at Baltimore, which neither of us felt like going on, but we did. And during that time, we talked about Thanksgiving, who I ate Thanksgiving at my sister's house, always. And emotionally... I didn't think I could be there without her in, in, that, in the house on Thanksgiving Day. And Laura was like, well, what are you going to do? I, was, I said, I, I, I don't know just yet, but we'll figure this out. You know, with the Lord's help, we'll figure it out. So we had just come out of the chart house in Baltimore, and this guy walks up to us, and he looks like your typical homeless guy, long army coat, stick for a cane, gray beard, knit cap. And he says, excuse me, sir, I'm awful hungry. And Norma, I think, handed him a $20 bill. He started to walk away. And as he walked, he walked a pretty good distance, but he turned around and started heading back to us. And... Uh, we were looking at each other like, what's he want? Does he want more money now? So he just walked up and he <clears throat> stared right in my face and said, I hope y'all don't think I'm going to be spending this on alcohol or drugs. I really am hungry. It's a lot of people's hungry. Somebody should do something about it. And I felt like I just talked to Christ himself. Because Norma looked at me and go, what's going on? I go, I got an idea about Thanksgiving. I think I know how to handle this. So when we got back home, we talked to the pastor, asked him if we could open the kitchen on Thanksgiving. And uh, he said, sure, I think that's a great idea. Put it on to a couple church members, my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, yourself. You've been there since day one. And we opened up the hall, and we got some turkeys, and people came in and ate. And I asked some of the mailmen, do you have any shut-ins that can't? make it out that we could bring a Thanksgiving dinner to. And they said, yeah, and started giving me names. So our first year, we probably did 40 takeouts and maybe 60, 70 people came to church and ate. So fast forward a little bit, 
year 25 coming up on thursday we'll be bringing out a thousand meals to shut-ins and maybe a hundred and some people will eat at the church and there will be hundreds of volunteers and some of them have been there since day one of which you're well aware of because you've been there we've watched your kids grow up there it's part of thanksgiving to us i mean I remember bringing them in the coach and <laughs> in the baby seats, set them down and you did what you had, you could do and you, how you could help out. And the most inspiring thing I think it was uh, for them when they got old enough to see the difference that it makes to people when you're going out and you're handing a meal to someone and you're possibly, quite possibly the only person that person's going to see all day on a holiday like that. Mm-hmm. And in that aspect, I can't even begin to figure out the number of how many lives that were and still are affected in such a positive way by Mm -hmm. this Thanksgiving dinner that happens every year by some miracle because you guys put out the call and the call gets answered. It's almost, it reminds me of the, the, uh, the loaves and and fishes. It's just absolutely mind boggling. We need X amount of turkeys. You know, I mean, I don't know how many turkeys you started out with the first year and I know where you're at this year. Maybe 30. Right. And this year you'll be cooking how many turkeys? 120. That's that's just unbelievable. And <clears throat> what's interesting too, if there's leftovers, now these leftovers are, are even going to really important Salvation places. Army. Right. Uh, NA uses some for their uh, all night speaker jam, they call it. So it keeps them off the streets and, sure. they, and they serve dinner. Um, it all gets used. It all gets used in a good way. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, you know, you bring them down to Chester, meals in Chester, Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they're going into Philadelphia. How far? There's, there's we do reach. 32 towns throughout Delaware County. We've been in Delaware, and we've been in Philadelphia a couple times. You've made, you've reached down to the Jersey Shore too, if I'm not mistaken. No, have you gone that far? Yeah, yeah, I, I believe they did pack a meal for somebody I, I down there. Somebody who, who was headed that? We yeah. didn't send anybody out or away yeah. to go there. Yeah. I thought I remember someone saying yeah. Cape May County or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So. I per- personally, buy I, and I lose <clears throat> touch sometimes because I'm over here, I'm over there, and I don't always see everybody that's coming through. And you've probably talked to a lot more people even than I have during the course of these things. So. Well, it's just amazing, like I said, when you you know we go there. I don't even have to ask my kids, other than if they're not around. But if they're around and they're coming to dinner, it's we stop at your, at the, you know, at the Thanksgiving yeah. dinner at church, and um, it's been something that they grew up with, and that's all they know about Thanksgiving, which is amazing. You know, what better message to give to children than, you know, this is all about giving, the gift of giving, and how it feels, and so much better to give than to receive. And that's something, hopefully everybody that's ever listening to this can experience that. If you haven't had that opportunity to get involved with something like this, it's just amazing. It's an amazing feeling. And how can I even say this? Even more amazing is with all these people that are coming, they're getting something out of it as well. You know, it's, it's just this camaraderie. It's this big family Thanksgiving gathering, people that don't even know each other from all walks of life, from socioeconomic divides to, you know, you have everybody there. <laughs> you name the, everybody's there. There are literally oh, yeah. hundreds and hundreds of people who show up. You can always find something to do, be it carving turkeys or... Delivering, cutting yeah. up pies, yeah. setting a table, yes. yeah. It's just an amazing thing that, that happens. It happens to happen every yep. year and comes together. And uh, your your sister-in-law, Debbie, and Bo- and your brother-in-law, Bob, and you know, Norma yeah. sitting here, and you, and... Um, the yeah. church that you're belonging to, First Presbyterian Church of Glenolden. Right. It's just nuts. It's, uh, I can't. And, and all the churches come. And, you know, I've met people through the years. I, one time I met a, a, a father with his daughter. And um, 
was talk, got talking to them, and they said they, they had he lost his wife, which is her mother, and they didn't know what to do, so they came there to help. I never saw them again, but that's where they needed to be at that time to get them through that mm-hmm. that certain dark time they were going through. And uh, somebody said to me one time, if you want to get your mind off your own problems, help somebody else with theirs. <laughs> you know what? And and it seems to be true. Words of wisdom and, right there. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's helped us in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, just the different people you've met through. I've had a couple people even... Uh, a church that were a little older and they were widowed or whatever and they're like well come they didn't feel like they wanted coming for a handout which isn't really what it is and they would say uh i'll help i'll come to help uh, do you need me i go heck yeah i need yeah. you yeah how do you think i'm gonna get through today without right. you you right. know right you let them keep their dignity right yeah but they, they could use that camaraderie and company and people to talk to you know yeah so not only people are getting meals that you may not have gotten a meal that day and celebrate uh, the ability to celebrate Thanksgiving. It is giving people a purpose and you know, to find, to feel as if they belong to something to come out and to help out. And it's just a, an incredible, incredible legacy that you're leaving here, Bob, you know, that you've started and um, you know, it's, it makes you wonder about little simple words of kindness that you say to somebody that if you run with them sometimes, look what can happen. And if you had never gotten, gone to Baltimore, would you have ever thought of this? You never know. I mean, it's all these possibilities. I don't know. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. But, but I certainly got spoken to, that was for sure. And then in the, in the Bible, it says, if you plant, seed, if you plant a seed in a fertile, in fertile ground, you'll produce fruit. So I always said that I brought back the seeds. I'm not a good organizer by any means. <laughs> But I brought back the seeds and planted them in the fertile ground, which I call our congregation, and they picked it up and ran with it. So, right. you know, I get a lot of credit, but it's it's team effort. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's um, I thank you so much for just knowing you that I got an opportunity for myself and my family, my kids, to be involved with this. It's just such a positive thing in such a dark world sometimes that we have going on out there. And I know it's it's a, this concept as being emulated thousands of times across the country and across the the world when I say the world giving back and feeding homeless people and feeding people in need but in the United States and Canada celebrating Thanksgiving you know you have supplied a lot of people with a family that they may not have had to be around on this great day you know so yeah awesome thank you yeah bro man (laughs) so um so can I tell you uh Thanks for being a good friend, and thanks, oh, yeah, I want to thanks get you. for all the years of laughter you've provided for us. Well, that's what I, so at this point, you're welcome. Um, my entertainment is free, and uh, I'm here every Thursday, <laughs> <laughs> every Tuesday, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, you've inspired me to live a more complete life, Bob, and to, uh, you know, through my difficult times, just understanding, and again, just those words that you gave me a long time ago to, you know, sometimes, Tony, you just got to surrender 100% and give it up. And, um, not easy, is it? It's not, not truly do it. You know what I mean? Like people, yeah. oh yeah, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to do it. Yeah. But man, when you truly give it up, you know, like even talking about this right now, there could be some listeners that I'm turning off. Nobody should get angry over differences. Yeah. I have, I have a Muslim neighbor across the street that comes over here every Christmas and gives us a gift. Awesome. Yeah. I said, oh, you celebrate Christmas? And no, but I, I respect everybody's belief. And that's what it's all about. And I think, you know, it's funny, Aretha Franklin passed away, what, two or three months ago. And all I could think about Aretha Franklin was 
the song Respect. Now, I wasn't a huge fan of the song Respect, but to me, in life, if you think about that word, respect, that's the answer to everything. Every single problem that we have in this world, if we all would have just respect for each other, respecting who you are, what your religious beliefs are, what, whatever, your, your sexual preferences, your color, uh, where you're from, all of that, just to respect a fellow human being, imagine all the problems in the world that would dissipate. But yet, we're so blinded sometimes, we can't do that. We, we describe ourselves as, uh, you know, we can't just be Americans. We have to have a, a title in front of that. How about we just be Americans? We all just get along. We all just love and care about each other and respect each other. Can you imagine the problems that will go away? But there's a perfect example of your Muslim neighbor recognizing a Christian uh, holiday and coming over and giving you a gift, which is awesome. So Bob and I can't be in the same room for too long without talking war stories. All funny stuff that used to happen to us. And this day was no exception. So Bob and I are going to this, uh, this tournament up in, up in Orange, and we... We have no gas. And Bob borrows his sister's car. And yeah, go ahead. The key to the gas tank is not on that key ring she right. gave me. Yeah. So we're like at a gas station. We're on empty. We got about 90 miles to get home. And in a pretty wild neighborhood. In a very wild neighborhood. <laughs> and we're like, what are we going to do? So I'm like, oh, you know what? I got I got a lock on my truck and I have the key for it. Let's just see uh, if I can make this work. We stick it in turn it, and doesn't that darn gas cap open up? What are the odds of that? Now, someone who knows about that would probably go, oh, yeah, they've only made 20, you know, 10 keys. I don't care. It was a mini miracle right there. So then the funnier part of that, is now we get gas, and we're like, all right, how do we get to back turn. to 295, whatever it was that we have to head south back to Philly? And we pull over, and we see a homeless guy. And he goes, hey. And we go, <laughs> can you tell us how to get? He goes, yeah. Come here. Uh, need it, need it. He got a buck. <laughs> Needless to say, we say, need it, need it, need it, got a buck <laughs> for the past 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Because, but anyway, he yeah. did give us, give it, did he give us directions or not? I think he got the buck and that was it. That was it, yeah. Yeah, we didn't even, so <laughs> we, we didn't know where we were. Okay, we donated the buck to the guy. <laughs> why, why should that part of the day be any different than when we left? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, no, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I guess I am thankful that I have an opportunity to help out, but I'm really thankful Family, friends, I mean, is very important and very key in my life. Now I have grandchildren um, and laughter. I love to laugh. That's <laughs> And making other people laugh. <laughs> and being goofy as heck with me for the past yeah. 30 years, man. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that my needs are supplied every day. I don't have to worry. I got a roof over my head. There's no rain. You know, I'm not sleeping out on the street. I got running water. I got food. My basic needs for humanity are met every day. So, you know, just wake up grateful every day. That's all I can say. Norma, you got an amazing guy here, but I know he has an amazing wife in you. So what does Thanksgiving and all this that happens in your life mean to you? Oh, it's um, a wonderful experience for sure. And um, we couldn't be more blessed as a family to <laughs> just have our church family allow us to do this uh, incredible event and support us in that way financially. And my husband is such a funny guy that he connects with a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And he's able to encourage people to take a, take a turkey and cook a turkey. 
and bring it back to us on Thursday. And that's cooked. a cooked turkey. And that's probably one of the most important things of the uh, most important um, aspects of the meal is to have that, you know, that protein, that that good part of the dinner that um, we wouldn't be able to do the number of volume of meals without the support of everyone. It's just incredible. Um, he's a very personable guy. I'm probably more reserved and more quiet. Um, but I'm, at, I'm pretty loud, too. He really knows how to encourage people, I guess, in some way. Yesterday he said he talked about the story and um, got a little emotional about it. But, I mean, I think that's important. It's important for those kind of stories to be told. And we thank God for all of this. I'm thankful for all the blessings that I have every day. I'm truly blessed. I have a wonderful job. I get a great pay. I've turned 58, I'm now collecting a pension. <laughs> able to do things for my family that I probably wouldn't have been able to do maybe a month or more ago. And I'm thankful for all that hard work and where it's gotten us today and that we can help our family in different ways. Um, stone with gifts. Um, I like being Mrs. Santa Claus, <laughs> but that's the next. That's what they call her, Mrs. Claus. That's that's the next event down the road once we get past our Thanksgiving. But um, yeah, I'm just thankful that I can wake up. I've had friends that have passed away at a young age. You know, just shock, <laughs> shock for whatever reason. We don't fully understand why they've passed and. Same thing with Bob's family, but somehow, you know, we're able to wake up, get through the cancer that Bob has gotten through, and um, seek out another day and be blessed for that. I mean, I'm just so thankful for all the blessings. Awesome. And all the friends and everyone that supports us in, in this endeavor. And we're thankful for you. Bob just gave her a hug and a kiss. Enormous <laughs> crying. I got to narrate, and there's tears in her eyes. <laughs> These are truly wonderful people that I'm sitting here with, and uh, I'm honored and blessed to have you guys as friends, too. That's why I'm us, sitting here. Us as well, Tony. Thank you so much. And I'm very grateful to Bob and Norma for sharing that story with us. I know it's not easy, but um, what they've done and what they continue to do each year and everybody involved with that, it's just fantastic. And I'm very happy to be part of that. So um, a little bit more about Thanksgiving. Um, we didn't always have Thanksgiving. It's said that George Washington celebrated Thanksgiving, but Thomas Jefferson did not. And it wasn't until October 3rd, 1863, when Abraham Lincoln proclaimed a national day of Thanksgiving to be celebrated Thursday, November 26th, 1863. And it was proclaimed by every president since then. Thanksgiving football games began in 1876 with Princeton University playing Yale. Gimbel's department store in Philadelphia started the first parade with Santa Claus pulling up the rear in 1920 therefore officially bringing in the holiday season. But all of this, my turkey poisoning, <laughs> these parades, this football, none of that happens if one guy way, way back in the past didn't write a letter a very long time ago and a man most of us never even heard of. His name? Well, his name is Edward Winslow. Edward Winslow? Who is that dude, you might be asking? Edward Winslow was a passenger on the Mayflower. And he wasn't just an ordinary passenger, but a strong leader and a diplomat. Not only on the Mayflower, but within Plymouth Colony. 
And this guy, Edward Winslow, well, he was pivotal in the survival of the pilgrims and befriending the indigenous Wampanoag people. They were the Native Americans that were here, that specific Indian tribe. So this guy had a really great relationship with the chief. In fact, at one time when the chief was sick, Edward Winslow went to where he was living and stayed there and made this guy chicken soup, nursed him back to health. That's the kind of relationship they had. Edward Winslow was pivotal for the pilgrims to be surviving there. They, they had it tough, man. Winters were tough. It was just a hard time to live. So why was Edward Winslow so important? Well, he wrote this letter, like I said. And in this letter, it's like the first documentation of the first Thanksgiving celebration, even though there was some before that. This is where it was actually written down, and we can decipher what kind of happened by this letter. I'm going to read that letter to you right now. Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fowling, that so we might after a special manner rejoice together. After we had gathered the fruits of our labors, they four in one day killed as much fowl, and with a little help beside, served the company almost a week, at which time amongst other recreations we exercised our arms, many of the Indians coming amongst us, and amongst the rest of their greatest king, Masoyet, and some ninety men, whom for three days we entertained and feasted, and they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. And although it be not always so plentiful as it was at this time with us, yet by the goodness of God we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. And that was kind of like the first documentation of Thanksgiving. So we have that to look back to, and look what's happened. Five minutes after we're done our dinner, we run out and do Black Friday. <laughs> anyway, folks, listen. I'm so happy we're talking to you. So things I'm happy for, I'm happy for everything. I'm happy for my wife and my children. I'm happy that they're healthy. I'm happy that I'm somewhat healthy and I'm still here. I'm thankful for my friends and my family for the ability to sit here and talk to you and hopefully make your day, make you laugh. I'm thankful for you listening. I'm thankful for everything. The material things, they come and go, but the things of most value, they're here and they're within your heart. Have a great Thanksgiving day, and thank you very much for listening. I'm Tony, and this is Finding Subjects. You should see my cats right now. <laughs> you all right? It's okay. Just being goofy today. Have a great day, people. See ya.